What's going on and welcome back to today's assignment. Back in the classroom, like always, uh, with one of my favorite professors, Dr. Jim, how are you doing? Man, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm excited. I mean, you've really, you're really going for the gusto today with the topic. And I was very impressed at your uh, bravado in terms of thinking what we could accomplish here in one program. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today we're going to be jumping into extrinsic value. You know, we like to get into the topics that really build our foundation options trading and uh, extrinsic value is one of the two components that makes it the value of an options contract. What were you going to say there, Dr. Jim? Well, no, that's correct. But you got to be truthful with the people, man. Like What's if that? I'm going to be a co-host with you and I'm going to be on air with you, we got to be truthful with these people. You told me we're not going to just do extrinsic value. You said we're going to do all the things related to extrinsic value. Did I say that? You said, you said I want to give people everything there is about extrinsic value. We're going to cover, we're going to leave no stone unturned for 23 minutes on extrinsic value. And I said, man, that is, I'm only about 40 to 45% of the way there myself. So I really hope that you can, you can carry the load. I think we can do it. I'm feeling good about today, Dr. Jim. So I got a, I got some go. slides I put together for you. So I'm curious to see what you think and if you got anything to add to them. No, let's let's go. I love it. I mean, all kidding aside, any time that we invest in extrinsic value is going to be time well spent because really this is the game that we play as mm -hmm. premium sellers. Even if you were buying options, I mean, you're kind of playing an extrinsic value game there too. But when you sell premium, it's all about extrinsic value. So all kidding aside, I love the topic. No, definitely. And I kind of tailor these topics from somebody who's, uh, I would say I'm probably the least experienced on the network. So a lot of these topics are tailored to somebody or to things that I think is really important now that I look back as a beginner to get down so extrinsic value is one of those things so let's get right into it ryan stay with the extrinsic value workshop yes oh, go yeah. ahead extrinsic value is a time and implied volatility value of an option it is any remaining value of an option that is not intrinsic value which, which would be in the money so uh, like we kind of said a few minutes ago, there's two components that make up the value of an option contract. One of those components is extrinsic value. And there's two components that make up extrinsic value, which is implied volatility and time. And if an option is not in the money, all of the value left of an option contract is extrinsic value. Um, so time value plus implied volatility value equals extrinsic value. So extrinsic value is always highest at the stock price, as we know, um, because that's just the spot where it could be in the money, it could be out of the money um, in a snap of a finger. So that's why it's going to be the highest at that point. And this explains why in the money and out of the oh, that's what I just said. So there we go, Dr. Jim. That's that's what I got for the first slide to just dip our toes into the water here. What, what you got for us? No, it's good, man. This is really good. And and I'm going to pick up with the last thing that you said. Yeah. At the money options have the greatest amount of extrinsic value. And there's a number of reasons why that is the case. One of those reasons is one of the ones or it is the one that you just laid out there really, really well. And when you think about an at the money option, right, it has the greatest amount of uncertainty. It has the greatest amount of you know, where is it going to land? Like, I'm not sure. Is it going to be in the money? Is it going to be out of the money? Like, of course, the markets are random and unpredictable all the time. But when you're at the money, when you're sitting right there and the option could be moving to a zero delta, which would be out of the money, or a one delta, which would be in the money, you're right there. You're right on the fence. And so extrinsic value is the highest to reflect the greater uncertainty of that option. Whereas when you have an out of the money option or even an in the money option, the extrinsic value is a bit lower. I love the way you put it here because the fate is more predictable. That is correct. The probabilities are going to be a bit closer. You know, they're, they're going to be a bit more 
uh, predictable, I think, is a good word here, actually. They're going to be a bit more predictable in terms of where they're ultimately going to end up. Is this option going to end up out of the money, or is it going to end up in the money? Of course, the markets can do anything at any time, but it is all about probabilities, and so that really kind of tells the story. That's good. Cool, cool. That, that's what we got for the first slide. Let's dive right into the second one. IV, IV or implied volatility-based extrinsic value is much less linear than time-based extrinsic value, and this is especially true for binary events like, let's say, the Fed meetings. We all love those, the CPI data being released. Um, most popular earnings, and I know we're kind of, we've been hitting some earnings earnings recently, so I think this, is, this can be a little... Uh, um, important for what we're doing right now. So this is why you see the IV spike. And it doesn't mean extrinsic value is increasing. Um, it means that if an option is holding onto extrinsic value, it's just a little bit um, and time is still passing. The IV percentage must be going up even if total extrinsic value is going down, all else equal. And this is, this is pretty much saying that like we said, there's two components that make up extrinsic value. So, I mean, what percentage, you know, of that extrinsic value is implied volatility? What what percentage of that um, extrinsic value is time? And uh, uh, I was trying to see where I was trying to go with that, Dr. Jim. Um, I'm stuck right there. I'm stuck right there. Well, so I think that – so this is really good. This is a really yeah. good discussion because when you think about extrinsic value, the primary drivers are absolutely going to be time and implied volatility. There's no right. question. When you start to think about how the extrinsic value breaks apart into what chunk is from time and what chunk is from implied volatility, that's where things get a little slippery. Mm -hmm. That's where things can really begin to get difficult to grab onto – with a very high level of precision. Now, it certainly can be done. That's what the option pricing models are there for. If we really wanted to, I mean, we could break apart the option price into more than just intrinsic value and extrinsic value. We could have intrinsic value, and then we could have layers inside of extrinsic value if we really wanted to do that, because that's what the Black Souls option pricing model does. It allows us to capture you know, the options price and its sensitivity to changing factors like time, like interest rates, like volatility, like all these different things, right? So we could do that, but yeah. is that really going to help us as traders? I'm not sure. So I don't know if I want to go down that route. I mean, I've gone down that route many times with like my students and like undergraduate classes, MBA classes. I made them do that to pass my class, but this is very different, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at it that way, I think the main thing that we can really grab onto that's on this slide is in the title, actually, the non-linearity of extrinsic value mm -hmm. the the non-linearity of extrinsic value is so important and that really speaks to why we manage our winners at 50 percent of max profit why we like to take off our trades especially naked trades at 21 days to go because that non-linearity of the extrinsic value and of the option price itself it begins to work against you when you mm -hmm. get closer and closer to expiration especially if the trade is working and if anybody wants to look up what I'm talking about, just Google an out-of-the-money decay curve. If you Google an out-of-the-money decay curve and you look at the extrinsic value decay over time, you'll notice at the very end, like the final, I don't know, let's say seven or ten days of its life, mm -hmm. the decay just slows down so rapidly that you'll be asking yourself, why am I still holding this, holding this trade? Like, why do I still have it on? Yeah. And so I really – I think the nonlinearity of 
what you've shared on the slide might be the most important aspect mm -hmm. because it really drives a lot of the things that we do. Definitely, definitely. Um, I was kind of drew a blank there for a second, but what I was what I was really trying to get at was as we get closer to ex expiration, and you already kind of touched on it. You know, we're losing time. That theta is dripping out of the contract, um, and as we get closer to expiration, it's going to eventually um, go to zero if it's out of the money. And with with implied volatility, we can have those implied volatility spikes. And now we already mentioned with the binary events, um, so that just like you said, the linear and nonlinear implied volatility can just jump all around all over the place, but time stays pretty much constant. There we go. We'll definitely dive into the next slide now. But uh, there we go. I, I touched on I touched on an important part. I know we're already getting towards the end of the slides, Dr. Jim, but I think we're kind of laying out a pretty solid foundation of extrinsic value so far. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you're doing it, but we actually are kind of covering all the things related to extrinsic value, and we still have half the show left. Exactly. Like we still have half the show to go, so go ahead. Yeah, don't yeah. Me, don't let me ruin the flow. No, definitely. I know we're uh, getting into some binary events and implied volatility. If we have a little extra time, we'll dive into the platform to see if uh, we can visualize some of those things and maybe even potentially put on an earnings trade if if something is looking interesting. But let's get into gamma risk. Uh, the reason why gamma risk is high at short as short options reach expiration is because of the lack of extrinsic value in the option. And as an option moves in the money, it loses extrinsic value and gains intrinsic value. And if there's no extrinsic value to lose, your worthless option goes to dollars real quick so we got this gamma risk dr jim and i think if i'm not mistaken a lot of the research that's been done that's kind of why we manage a lot of our positions at around 21 days to avoid that gamma risk and i think this was this was one thing that i, I didn't really understand why we you know would manage our positions so early um when i was first getting into it because then i would think well if theta you know really starts to eat at those contracts rapidly as we get closer to the expiration you know why do we manage earlier and one of those reasons is gamma risk dr jim Looks like uh, Dr. Jim froze there, Earl, if you want to. Oh, okay. I was like, man, is that me? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, man, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll wait for Dr. Jim to hop back on here because I'm sure Dr. Jim will have something really good to say about gamma risk. But, no, again, getting in when I was first getting into options, and I feel like personal stories may help out a lot of traders, especially if you're somebody newer getting into options. Um, I used to always think, man, why are we why are we managing these around 21 days? And this is the exact reason because it can look attractive to you know hold all the way until expiration because um, theta really eats at those contracts um, a lot faster when we get down to expiration. So that's one of the reasons why we manage around 21 days. Um, and here I'll actually let's go ahead and jump to the next slide. Um, Ryan, we'll get into that. And then after that, we'll go into one of the positions I have and we'll talk about how I'm gonna manage my SPY position that I have on. Um, so the reason why we try to target high IV binary events with our short options is so that we can take advantage of the IV contraction. Um, we will see that after, uh, and we, we will see these after the earnings announcements. And this IV contraction helps us offset potential intrinsic value moves against us more quickly. It's like fast forwarding to expiration. And that's one, that's, one re that's one reason why I found trading earnings a little attractive because, you know, we always put on these positions around 45 days till expiration. Um, and with earnings, we kind of get that instant pain or that instant gain. So I think maybe those earnings plays are a little bit of that you know, that instant gratification feel. So you kind of get, um, you kind of get that kind of feel. And it's nice to just kind of know 
um, or see a position work out instantly after the binary event is through. And, you know, I can't speak for everybody else, but uh, I think for many of us tasty traders, we like to target that IV crush, that implied volatility crush, that IV contraction. So there's different, there's different phrases people will use for it. Um, but a lot of the times that's what we're pretty much looking for, even if we're putting on a neutral strategy and iron condor or a strangle on a position, or even if we go directional and sell um, a put spread or sell a call spread, usually that IV contraction is what we're targeting. So um, which is important for the earnings announcements is finding those stocks that have that high implied volatility. So that implied volatility can really just collapse in your contract, waking up the next morning, you know, you might be gaining already 50 to 100% on the contract, depending on how aggressive that IV contraction was. So that's what we got for extrinsic value. We just went over some of the basics of extrinsic value. We'll see if Dr. Jim has anything to add if he, if he hops back on here, but we'll just go ahead and hop into the platform, Ryan. So let me go ahead and pull this up. Maybe we can, maybe we can find an earning strategy Maybe we can find an earning strategy to put on and see what Dr. Jim will have to say about this or if he's opposed to any of it. But we'll first get into my position. There we go. Almost there. Did that. There we go. So right here, this is a position I have on SPY right now, still 51 days to expiration, so much time in those contracts. Um, and I actually want to talk about this real quick, again, because I want to bring up all the things that used to kind of confuse me when I first got started. So you can see I sold the 380 contract, and right now on SPY, we're sitting above 380 right now. So you might be thinking, why am I down overall in this position? You know, if I sold the 380 contract, I should be up because the stock price is above that level. Well, that is because there's a ton of extrinsic value waiting to be sucked out of my contracts. And whenever I would hop on the Where Do I Start series with Tom, it would it would, it would just blow my mind because I would put on a skewed iron condor or a put spread and it would be in my direction, but I'd be down money. And I'm like, man, let me just stick to stocks. Like the stock price is up and my position isn't up. If I were to just buy shares, I chose the right direction, I would be up right now. So this is confusing. What am I even doing here? So that was kind of first going through my head, switching from shares to options. But the main component is the extrinsic value needs to be sucked out of those options. And that's why we talked about it today, because really understanding options and how they work on a fundamental basis um, will answer all of those questions for you whenever you're going through your positions for yourself. So there's a lot of time on this contract, and uh, we need a lot of time to go by to see um, if I will be managing this trade earlier or not so we'll wait for 21 days we've got like 30 days left um, but let's not stay on that too long um, let's go right into our platform go to earnings I already have earnings pulled up I'll go here and then I will select this or toggle the earnings from the earnings the most near earnings to the further to the further earnings out in time so this morning you can see right here if we look at the bell it shows the arrow to the left side that's going to let us know that earnings were before the bell um, and we don't always have this feature so this feature is really nice to have in in view when you're looking at what you should be trading for earnings but we're going to scroll down and find the arrows on the right side of the bell so we can see if any of the any of these names look attractive um 
but I don't, I don't want to force anything. At the same time, I don't really care. I do want to put on an earnings trade. I haven't traded in an earnings play since I think the last one was Tesla. So we'll see. I don't think we have any big names like that for after today's bell, but we can definitely find something that, have a, that has a solid implied volatility rank, and we can see what we can work with. Three, one, three, one. We have DNA, DV, AGL. Let's see, we got Snow. Um, let's check out Snow real quick. Liquidity is a three star, so it's not a four star liquidity, but it can still work. What's been going on with Snow? Uh, and whatever we do choose, we're going to be looking to capitalize on that IV contraction. So that is the, that's the game plan for today on this Wednesday. Not enough liquidity, 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 liquidity kind of dry. There back. we go, Dr. Jim. Um, while you just popped in on me, I wasn't doing anything. You, I, I gotta doing. tell Autumn, Autumn, I gotta tell Autumn to pay the electricity bill, man. It's like it's <laughs> March first. She's not keeping up with these bills, man. Yeah, you know, I don't she, know what to say. She wants a free but Yeah, no, go ahead. We're, yeah, yeah. Get back up to speed. No, yeah, definitely. Um, so the the last slide we talked about, we were just talking about uh IV contraction and you know, and about with how that can just pretty much speed up the pace of the outcome that you're looking for. And we can do those on binary based events, how extrinsic value will be there one day and just gone the next. So that's kind of what we look for um, on some of these earnings trades, getting that. Oh, that's exactly right. And if out. I, if I could actually piggyback off of that. Yeah. Definitely. So, so that's one of the reasons why we love the short put strategy. Because like the short put strategy, not necessarily a short put spread, although it's kind of true for a short put spread too, but the naked short put is such an effective strategy because you have three things all working in your favor. And if they all line up, you can hit your profit targets really quickly. You have positive delta and you have a market that naturally wants to go higher over time. Obviously today it's a bit lower, but generally speaking, right? Positive delta, positive drift, that makes sense. You have positive theta, so you have the time decay. Just as time goes by, it's chipping away at that extrinsic value. But you also have negative vega. So you have that volatility contraction where the market likes to contract from a volatility standpoint. That also works in your favor. So that's one of the reasons why selling puts is one of our favorite strategies. Definitely. Um, do you have any objections to Best Buy? Do you like Best Buy? And I'm, I'm talking not on a trade basis, but in general. What are your thoughts on Best Buy? You shop there, Dr. Jim? I love Best Buy. Absolutely love so Best do Buy. I. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Well, actually, why do you love Best Buy? What do you love um, about it? I just feel like a kid in a candy store. I just like, a, I just like, I, I, no other reason than that. I just like looking at tech and just seeing what's out there, even though it's the same stuff every time I go in there. And that's about it. it just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. No, that's good. I window I'll tell shop. You why. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why I like Best Buy. Okay. So Best Buy in the last year or so, Best Buy came out with their, their 15 day free and easy return policy. And they did that to compete with Amazon, obviously. Well, when I was in the market for a new laptop, which is the laptop I'm using right now, when I was in the market for a new laptop, I was very picky and I was very choosy about the laptop that I wanted to buy. Well, I tried to buy my first one off of Amazon and I wasn't happy with it. I wasn't happy with it. And so I sent it back into Amazon mm -hmm. and Amazon finally, they finally gave me a full refund but it was kind of it was kind of like pulling teeth, like normally. The the, yeah. Okay. Normally, the Amazon return process is very easy, very easy. But it was a big ticket item. They were kind of like hemming and hawing, whatever. Well, I was like, okay, but I finally I, I got my money back. It was no no problem. Okay. Well, then I I, I still need a laptop, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna try Best Buy because I kind of like the fact that I can go up to the store, I can see the item, I can bring it home, and if I have a problem. 
I'm not talking with some AI chatbot. I'm actually talking with a person at the store. Right. I'll tell you what, Errol. I probably, I probably bought and returned maybe six laptops until I found the one that I wanted, <laughs> and they took it back. No questions asked. Every single time. Best every buy. single time. Yes, Best Buy. And I mean, I wasn't like pounding on these laptops. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were still in good condition. You know, new condition. I was just testing them out for certain things, and it was true, man. It was 15 days, free and easy. No um, questions asked. 100. Was it? Was that an ad? Or was it sponsored? <laughs> man, I, do have to to mention, I do have to mention I am going to receive a very small commission on anyone that buys a Best Buy product in the next three hours. Because I'm you sold me there, Doctor Jim. <laughs> uh, no. So so I mean so we're bullish. We're bullish on Best yeah, Buy, right? That's what I'm thinking. I, I don't know. I was trying to just I was thinking about what the intern might be thinking, and if I had to guess, I was thinking bullish on Best Buy. Uh, yeah. But I don't know what the intern has she to say. She doesn't have too many feelings. She doesn't have too many feelings on Best Buy. Okay. I mean, she's very, yeah, she's very neutral. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so just just a coin flip. I was looking at, I'm going to go a little more narrow on the spread. Maybe maybe just a dollar wide. We're not collecting exactly a third, you know, just a little bit under. Um, and we're going 16 days out in expiration because um, if we compare and contrast from the instant pain contracts, um, it's, it's, near, it's, near, it's near the same. I'm collecting. I'm actually collecting... A little bit more obviously because i'm going out for their own time but it's just more worth it to go for the 16 days for this one but you well, put why not why not why not try the april 21st i mean april why not just, just yeah i mean yeah, why not yeah. just give it a i mean you have to change it a little bit because of the strike availability All right that's you got me there dr jim let me go well no 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 hold on hold on okay so so this is a very different trade though right because you're risking more I am risking more, but I'm you're, you're risking significantly more. So b this is a great example mm -hmm. of most of the time we want to be around 45 days to go when we enter a trade, all mm -hmm. those things. So that would kind of push us into April. However, if you like the $3 wide and mm -hmm. if you like the comfort level with that risk amount, then that would be a big uh, tally in favor of going to that 16-day cycle because it gives you more flexibility. So I don't, I, you know, we don't have to necessarily go to that April cycle. I just thought it was worth it was yeah. worth a try. No, and I, I definitely should have pulled open those contracts and observed my options before making my options before making a a decision. And I mean, we collect thirty something more cents for a five dollar wide selling the eighty strike. It is it is it is collecting a little bit more risk or assuming a little bit more risk on the position. Those are some things to consider. I mean, the April position isn't a bad position. I mean, like you said, it does line up for the amount of credit that we want to collect. But it is about if I want to take that risk for this trade. We'll go. We'll go with. We'll go with three dollars. We'll go three dollars wide on this one. We'll go three dollars wide. I think that's the move. I think that's the move. I think that's your trade. I mean, it's set up really well when you first sized it up, but I yeah. think just, you know, in the spirit of completeness, it's good to check the other cycles. Yeah, it's no, good. hundred percent. Ah, it was just worth 94 cents, Dr. Jim. And now it's worth 90. Look at that. Well, we're going mean, to, we're going to go with the $3 wide. You snooze, you lose. I mean, we, you just lose. Cost, we just cost, we just cost you four cents by no, yammering out about this. Yeah. Terrible. There we go. Yeah, we'll 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 go ninety. I'm still I'm still okay with that. How 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 far will you kind of, you know, push the lines in terms of collecting a credit in terms of you know a third? How 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 far beneath a third will you go before you're like this isn't for me? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I typically use a third as like the minimum. Minimum. That's minimum. Yeah, typically. Because typically. of the risk. Now, I, I think that trade was fine. I really yeah. do, especially yeah, since yeah. you're only 16 days. So it's a much quicker It's a much quicker trade. It's a much faster turnaround. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you got to take that into account. But generally, I'm above a third. Generally, I'm at like 40%. Okay. I'm trying to get, you know, uh, you know, two dollars for every five dollars yeah, uh, yeah. wide in the spread. So that tends to fit my my preferences a bit. So more. typically what kind of delta are you targeting then to collect that? Typically. I don't even look at the delta. Okay. I get that question all the time. I get that question all the time. And I just have to give the most honest answer. I don't even look at the delta. Don't even yeah. look at it. I just start with the strikes and then I just I just adjust them until I get yeah. to my credit. And then and then I look at how much room do I have, what my deltas might be, whatever. I don't but I don't start at a given delta. There's more than one way to skin a cat, Dr. Jim. I hear you. So. There is. Yeah. And there's and there's more than one way to get that fade. <laughs> Although I don't know, hey. that might be a one of a kind fade. I'm hey. not sure. I can't tell. Hey, Dr. Jim, just just let you I did that. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, well, you did that. I'm just letting you know I did that. I'm just letting you know. I got you. No, I, I mean, I, I, dude, it's, I mean, you want a little, you want a little taper fade, a little drop fade, Dr. Jim, you, you know where to find me. All right. I'm more of a shadow fade guy myself, but okay. <laughs> All right. I hear you. Well, <laughs> that is going to wrap it up today for extrinsic value, the extrinsic value workshop back in the classroom with Dr. Jim. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. The content of this podcast is created, produced, and provided solely by Tasty Life Inc. and does not represent the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliated companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be trading or investment advice or a recommendation that any security, futures contract, digital asset, other product, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities, futures products, and digital assets involve risk and may result in a loss greater than the original amount invested. Tasty Live Inc., through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. The information provided may not be appropriate for all investors and is provided without respect to individual investor financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tasty Live Inc. is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.